0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the I Choose Series podcast. I'm your host, Michael Campo. And today, we are sharing our Facebook Live that we conducted some months ago with Alicia Watson. Now, this guest, as all of our guests, is just an absolute amazing guest. But in this specific episode, Alicia talks to us about coming out of poverty, her battle with cancer, all the trials and tribulations, how she's overcome them, and how she's giving back. Her amazing organization. Um, before we go any further, I just want to say that we are planning on starting up our I Choose series Facebook and Instagram lives again. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to us through the I Choose series Facebook page or I Choose series Instagram page. Hope you enjoy the show. Every week we have we have a special guest who comes on and talks about some serious stuff. You yeah. Know, and. And I have to say that what I have found that has been the most inspiring for me has just been the amount of healing, you Mm. know? I feel Mm. like people need to hear other people's stories so that they know that they're not alone in what they're going through.
1: Yes. Yes. I absolutely agree.
0: Yeah. And you and I, I mean, we had an opportunity to speak a little bit and you shared with me, you know, some of your story,
1: Mm -hmm. but, um,
0: Chocolate. I'd like to just jump right in if you're if you're down. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. Chocolate is down for everything. So <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> all right. So, um, why don't you share with us uh, just a little bit about your background, where you came from, um, you know, where you're at now, and and how you got there?
1: Yeah. Um, whew, deep. So a little bit about my my background is. Um, I, first of all, I just like to say I'm an open book. So ask me whatever. Um, But a little bit about my background is um, I grew up in extreme, absolute poverty. I grew up um, with uh, being in a food desert, food insecurities. I grew up homeless, um, molested, um, abused. Um, I experienced domestic violence. Um, I had a baby at 14. I had cancer three times. I mean, you name it. I've probably been through it all. Um, There's nothing that I haven't experienced, but I like to say, but God, is what I like to say, Mm. um, because that's how I'm able to smile, this bright, beautiful smile. Um, You do have a
0: beautiful smile.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So, um, and where I am now, I am in a place of peace and wholeness and freedom, Mm. redeemed. Um, I am all things exuberant, is what I like to say. And um, I'm just living my best life, and so there you go.
0: <laughs> so let me, let me ask you a question. You start, I mean, you, you, you really pile drive a lot on here just now. <laughs> oh, no. um, you're talking about like molested, abused, mm. becoming a mom at 14, did you say cancer?
1: Cancer three times, cancer bone cancer, three- bone cancer in my left leg, that was childhood, that was twice. And then I had um, breast cancer in 2013 in my left breast, but I did a double mastectomy because I had already had cancer two other times. And so I was like, you know what the hell with it, I'm done. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Wow. And the the other stuff, I mean, molested, abused. I mean, I'm sitting here, we're talking now, this stuff, I know this stuff happened in the past, but you know, as you just said, a beautiful smile. How does somebody who's gone through what what it is that you've gone through, how, how you have this beautiful smile on your face? I mean, you know, we we've, unfortunately in the world we live in today, this mm-hmm. is it's not news, which is yeah. sad.
1: You mm-hmm. know what I'm
0: saying? It's sad.
1: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like,
0: I just want to know. And again, this is about the people who are listening, the audience that we have yeah. up. And, you know, how did you how did you get through this stuff? You know, when oh. did it start? When did it start? Oh, I can remember back to um age
1: five. Um, first of all, my mom has always been on drugs my whole life um, and And I just think about like her lifestyle and her being you know not able to care for me in the way that she needed to, which allowed a lot of men around, a lot of predators. Um, the lack um, I went without a lot of things. I grew up in foster home. And so I can remember back to the age of five, um, my first time being raped, because molested is probably a a lesser word, but raped by my brother's grandmother's husband. Um, He got 20 years in prison in the state of California. Um, I was born here in Texas, but I lived in California uh, when my mom and dad divorced from two to 10. And -hmm. so that was just a whole nother struggle before even coming to Texas. But um, the first time that this happened and being able to tell and the abuse and bruises that were on my body you know dates back to that early and so um you asked me how i'm able to still smile and i just i mean one but god but two because i had a praying grandmother and i know you heard people from the south say they have a praying grandmother but but that is what i had i had a praying grandmother that had her hands on me that prayed for me and Mm. told me how beautiful i was and i was gonna be something and uh, she died when I was 17 years old, and then, you know, life got real, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So,
0: so just walk me through this. So, you had, I mean, growing up, you were in foster care, poor, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, you said raped, and then, like, you become an adult now at 17. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're telling me? Like- well, I,
1: be- I really become an adult at 14, really, but, um, yeah. I mean, really being out on my own at 17, so... Having a baby at fourteen years old, um, the baby daddy not there, and um, I turned fifteen in July. Had her in May, and I turned fifteen in July the same year, and which was ninety six. And um, you know, I got my first job at Burger King down the street from the house, walking to work. Um, just you know love that I had mentors in my life because I was in a part of the um high school parenting program, and so mm-hmm. they connected me with like child care and things like that to kind of get me um, moving forward in my life so got childcare, so I was able to get free daycare, and my daughter went to uh, daycare while I worked and um then my grandmother died when my daughter was two years old. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because this is my help. Baby daddy not there. His family not there. Yeah. And so this is my help. So what am I going to do? Yeah. And, um, and mom's not
0: in the picture either, right? No. Mom's, mom's not, not
1: in the picture. picture. No, the daddy. in the either. Picture. Okay. No. All
0: right. Yeah. So it's you, you and your baby girl. You and your
1: two-year-old. Yes. Me and my two-year-old that we call Tweety. Her name is Archesia, but we call her Tweety. So, um, and I'll tell you why later. But um, because there's a funny joke behind it. But so it's me and Tweety. And I remember moving out and moving out my grandparents house. My granddad was still alive. But, you know, now I got to make my way. And so I remember remember moving out, getting my first apartment. Um, I had just graduated high school because I actually graduated high school early. Um, I went to summer school and night school because I didn't like school and I was a young mom and I needed to work. And so I graduated high school a year early. And I got my first apartment when I was 17. I remember lying on the application telling them that I was 18 years old and they did not do a background check and I lived (laughs) up for seven years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you're 17 years old. You move in with Tweety. Yes. And you guys now, you have your own own place.
1: Yes. And then I uh, low-key married my high school sweetheart, so I thought. And so uh, we stayed married 10 years. And five of the 10 years I went through domestic violence and um, I got my last black eye and broken rib. And then I was like, finally, I was like, yeah, I'm out of this. And um, I mean, I, it was a security blanket. I never thought that um, I would be with somebody that would love me and my daughter. And so I fell for all the traps and um, I was seeking attention, of course, in the wrong way. And so I had to go through that, but that's, you know, it's a part of the story now. And um, I found healing in that place because now I'm married to an awesome guy, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we, you know, go through that. And, you know, I'm trying to work and go to school, be enrolled in college and end up having a drop out, you know, after two years. And just, you know, life got real. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Damn. Okay. So. <laughs>
1: I know, right?
0: <laughs> well, it's I'm going to tip on a, that note. No, no. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. If anyone in there is tuning in just now. We're speaking with Chocolate and she is just sharing, you know, her her most vulnerable, you know, stuff that's been, that's been happening in her life and, and kind of, um, you know, how she's gotten through it up to this point. So I just I have to say, so it's hard for me to understand mm-hmm. the woman that I'm talking to now just going through all of this stuff that you're mm-hmm. that you just that you're just tallying up for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard for me to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know people who have not gone through, you know, half of these things mm-hmm. and, um, and they're, you know, they're struggling. Yeah. And, and here you are, um, you know, victoriously, you know, smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that happen?
1: Um, God, that's mm-hmm. the only thing I have no other answer. Um, I, I, I have a two part. I like to use the analogy. One, I wanted it, two, it was God, but one, it was God, and two, I wanted it, and they work hand to hand, and so apart from that, I can do nothing, but I had to want God to want out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I wanted right. out, and I needed so, help.
0: So, like, so we're talking now, you're married, 17 yes. to 27, mm-hmm. right, yes. and so then uh, it's an abusive relationship. And then you finally say, I'm out of this. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. Yeah. Take me from there.
1: So um, I was, I went to school for early childhood education. So I have an associate in early childhood education. And I like to say I am allergic to kids. Um, I'm <laughs> allergic. I will explain. I'm allergic because my mom has eight. My dad has eight. I'm the oldest on both sides. I grew up in foster home and I had a baby at 14 years old. So I'm absolutely allergic. Um, but, um, You know, I just, I wanted something different. And after I went through that, I went through a period of being um, celibate and abstinence, right? Because now Mm -hmm. I know what to do with my body and I have people in my life that's kind of mentoring me and guiding me in the right steps. And so I went through a season of that. Four years, actually, is what that season was. But it gave me time to soul search, um, find out things that I like, be involved in my daughter's life. My daughter graduated from... High school, top of her class, she went to community college, and now she's at a university. And this is all having a baby at 14 years old. Wow. Um, and so um, I was determined that, the, that that generational curse would not repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to do that, to be that determined, it comes with stripping away some things. It comes with um, stripping away um, the friends that spoke death into me, that told me that I wasn't going to be anything the negative talks about um, my life. Instead of, in, instead of encouragement, I always got to put down, you're nothing, you're never gonna be anything. Um, you're not about anything. Um, and so it came with stripping away that. It came, it came with even stripping away family members because a lot of times people fail to realize sometimes your family can be your worst enemy, your worst critics. Yeah. And so for me, I had to just be like, you know what, Zeus I'm out, I'm done. Um, because clearly you're not you don't have my best interests and so i need to be around people that would encourage me and motivate me but that also see my um see my uh tenacity and my drive i've always been a a young lady that's driven i've always been um just wanted to be empowered myself but also empowering others i just didn't have like the right tools to apply those things and so it, it took me having to strip and let go of some things and let go of some people, some places, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, that's a really, really big factor, you know? I think that mm-hmm. the, the environment that you have and the people you surround yourself with is key in your development, you know? it's oh, like yeah. You need to plant a seed in good soil, you know? Oh, yes. You, otherwise, the weeds take over. Yes. They strangle it, you know? No yes. matter how beautiful that flower is, the weeds will strangle it, you yeah. know? And so I, I think that's difficult for people to understand on both sides, mm-hmm. you know? There's certain people, like, you know, like you say, who are toxic and they um, they don't know that they're toxic mm. because they're repeating a pattern, mm. you know? Right. And, then when you, and then when you have to bounce out and say, like, all right, I've had enough of this, and you remove that part from your life, um, sometimes they don't understand either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And know, sometimes they do
1: know that they're toxic, but they just Heck know... Yeah. Yeah, they sometimes know that they're toxic, but they just know that they're not going anywhere. So they kind of have this mentality is what I like to use the analogy, the crab in the bucket. So they not—they know that they're not going anywhere, so they want to continue to bring you down because yeah. they're not going anywhere, so they don't want you to flourish. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, And you got to just open your eyes. I tell God all the time, remove the scales from my eyes so I can see, so I can be aware who the crab in the buckets are. Mm, I, love yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I will call you out. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I see you. And sometimes I don't say nothing, but i see you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. All right. So, I mean, you, you come through all of this and you Mm -hmm. said it was two things. You said it was you wanting it Mm -hmm. and God, and it was God and you wanting it. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that.
1: Um, so I grew up in a, in a Baptist family, culturally, um, a culture Christian, about Baptist. My grandmother died hard Baptist, one of them praying grandmamas. We was at church every Sunday, Bible study, you know, all the things. Um, and, but I didn't actually give my life to Christ until I was 25. And it took a season of things going on in my life for me to trust this God. Cause after you be raped and have a baby at 14 and have cancer three times, you're like, wait a minute, hold on, what kind of God is this that would allow you yeah. to go through these things? Like, why would I even trust you? um but because i got rooted in his word like you know it helped me define why i should trust him Mm -hmm. and he reminds me that our lives that our lives are not uh free from trials and tribulations and it's a testimony now so all the things that i get i've been through i get to share with others so they'll know that they're not alone oftentimes this world is so dark everything we have going on People get isolated and they tend to think that they're alone and they have no one to talk to. And yeah. I want to be that kind of friend that you can share, that I can just sit and listen. And then I can share some stuff with you and be like, you know what, me too. And how are we going to work through this together?
0: Yeah. And yeah. so,
1: um, so just, you know, it was through that breakup. It was through being, a, you know, a young single mom, broke and poor. And um, just, I had to just surrender and like, just throw my hands up. And I'm like, okay, God, now, I need you to guide me with this. And so, um, which, which furthered my heart to um, want to trust him more. And again, mm-hmm. those mentors that I had, in my, you will hear me talk about this the whole time. Those mentors that I had in my life that spoke life into me, that took the time to show me without judging me. They asked questions. They didn't tell me. They said, chocolate, do you know this? Or do you know that? Or have you thought about it like this? Or have you thought about it? And I was able to say, no, I hadn't. I didn't mm-hmm. even know what that was. Yeah. You know what do you mean the Bible? What is that? How do you read it? How do you interpret it? You yeah. know, go to search. Who does that? You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So. So I gotta say that, um, you know, going through what it is that you went through, you know, the cancer, the rape, the abuse, and now you, you know, you talk about, you know, trusting God. Like, how did you find that trust? Um. It was a few years back, like after
1: all of that. So, um, I think I am gonna say 2011, which is, you know, when I, I bought my house, I'm sitting in my living room and, um, sitting on the floor. And I remember moving in and losing my job, like the very next month after closing, I worked for, um, hospital doing their program, assistance programming, and they laid off like 1500 people. So I'm in the first layoff. And in that moment, I'm like, man, I was finally at an age, I'm 25 years old, you know, I'm making good money. And, um, it, it was all stripped away. And I remember like sitting on my floor, literally giving all of my old furniture away and just like crying and it just purging and just like, God, okay. If you are really here, then I need you to come through. You know, cause I talk to God like this. I'm like, Lord, come through. And, <laughs> um, Yeah and um yeah he already knows like let's just be real with him you know he's my my friend you know (laughs) yep and so i remember just like sitting and crying and purging out and just like lord i want to okay i've tried it all my way now i want to trust you and don't get me wrong it wasn't the easiest you know that's when the attacks really started happening because i went through a season of isolation i was depressed for two years mike two years on the couch could not get off Literally can't sleep, can't eat, can't take care of my daughter, like nothing. I'm depressed. Mental illness is for real, y'all. Mm. <laughs> like, for real, for real. People need to get help for mental illness. I didn't yeah. know that. I wasn't educated on that. I wasn't trained in, in that. In my family, it was like, you didn't talk about mental illness. It was swept up under the rug. What is that? Take medicine. Who does that? Yeah. And so... um it was just during that time that I purged out and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try it your way. And slowly, but surely he started elevating, and started elevating and started, you know, just doing some different things in my life and, um, and, and, and brought me a great husband that saw that and just spoke life into me as well. And, and, um, now I'm rooted and now, I, you know, don't get me wrong. My life does still have trials and tribulations, but I'm not walking this along. I know to pray. But then I also have friends that we've been so open with each other that we can share like, girl, you know what? I'm feeling depressed today. Or, you know what? The husband is acting crazy today and I need guidance. And divorce is not an option in our relationship. But how do you work through this? Or how do you work with kids that have behavior issues? My daughter had behavior issues when she was a child. You know, how do you work through things like that? And so um, I begin to surround myself with people like that that kind of help me.
0: Yeah. Yes. You know, I think, I think what you're saying is so important. I mean, again, it comes down to surrounding yourself with good people, mm. you know, good people who are headed in the same direction. Um, and yeah. you know, if you're, if you're a person of faith, then they're headed, they're, they're hopefully headed towards God. You yeah.
1: I think and when also. You, oh, I'm sorry. No, but, no, no, no. Go. Oh, I was going to say, I think even about the good, the friends that are positive in your life, us is us for that. For, I'm speaking for myself for me to be a person that wasn't used to that. It took a lot of um, removing my pride and just pulling back that um that shame and that guilt to allow those positive people to speak into me um because i wasn't ready for it and so when they started calling out things you know i was getting the attitude i'm like you don't even know me like that you don't even know what i've been through but then god had to remove that victim mentality no i'm not a victim i'm victorious now and so but it comes i mean when you getting when you getting some positive feedback it hurts sometimes you know
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we talk about that a lot on this show, you know, it's like the biggest adversary that we have in our lives is, is ourselves. Yeah. You know, and being able to understand, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses you have is part of, it's a part of true growth, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. when people it's, look, growing is difficult, you know, Oh um, yes. <laughs> my father, my father's like a big plant guy and he shared with me a long time ago, you know, I was going through something and he had this plant by his window and the plant was kind of like this, you know, going, going like this. It was bent yeah. a little bit. And he was sharing with me. He said, uh, he said, you see this plant, Mike? He's like, this plant wants to face the sun all the time. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Like, But if I let it, it'll just keep growing like this. Mm. So I have to turn the pot and turn the pot so that it grows strong. You know? Wow. And, um, That's and that a good was, analogy. It was a really good analogy that I needed at the right time in my life yeah. to really just kind of understand it's not always about what we want. You know, mm-hmm. it's about it's about, you know, being the best version of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> you know, and in order to be rooted right, in order to grow strong and, and upright, you know, you um, sometimes you need somebody to just kind of like turn you around a little bit. hmm. Mm hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: and we find out that we actually do want that we do
0: yeah it totally. makes us
1: the best person that we are i mean what you see with me is because i really did want it
0: yeah yeah so you go through all of this drama you come out basically a believer yes right yes um what you said you you uh god sent you an awesome man how did that happen <laughs> so funny i love to talk about my love
1: story because i love my hubby um i'm a little sad today because he was a, he was in an accident today um in mississippi so oh his, is he his okay tank, he is his um tanker truck uh flipped over and the the weather was bad out there and was he so, driving the truck yeah he's the truck driver
0: oh my gosh is he yes. all right
1: he is he's okay but I'm a oh little, I'm a little shaken up right now, cause I wish I could just like be on a flight to be there with him. But yeah, um, he's fine. But anyway, our love story is we met um, about 11 years ago at work. Actually, he was still driving trucks. He's been driving trucks for a long time, mm-hmm. and we met at work. And um, I was, oh my God, so so broken. I, um, he asked me for. Is, we we met this over this three day period. This is how it went. So the first day we uh, met in person, he asked me for my phone number and I gave it to him. And then the second day he asked me out on a date and I stood him up, which I'll tell you about why in a minute. <laughs> and I stood him up. And then the third day he went back out on the road and um, we stayed phone friends for six and a half years, literally phone friends, that's it.
0: Wow. And
1: um, I, I stood him up because I was broken. I, re- I had just got out of you know, bad relationship going through my divorce, like all the things. Right. And, um, I told him, I was just, I, I mean, you, you, I mean, you see me, we haven't met in person yet, but you see, I'm an open book. So I'll just <laughs> tell you whatever it is.
0: So Lay I was it like, down.
1: Yeah. I was like, look, <laughs> I don't have time for no man right now. I got lots of shit going on and I'm done, you know? <laughs> and he was like, okay. You know, I, I uh-huh. get that. I, I understand. And so we just stayed phone friends. Um, Well, fast forward in 2013, um, he's from, oh, well, he's from Rochester, New York. Let me, let me, might I add. And um, so in 2013, yes, (laughs) he got, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And at this point now in six and a half years, we're up to pet names now. So he's like, we're like boo, babe, you know, like those kind of things. All of that. All of that. Yeah. So I call him up on the phone. And I was like, hey, just like this. I was like, hey, boo, guess what happened to me today? And he was like, what? You know? And I was like, yeah, I went to the doctor today and guess what they said? And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got breast cancer. And he was like, you just said that like that was just something like you could get rid of like overnight. Like, who does that? And I'm like, well, uh, cancer two other times. I mean, this is nothing in my mind. And this was on the Tuesday because I could never forget dates, the important dates. So that was on a Tuesday. I get, I have aggressive, like aggressive treatment. I ended up going through like the emergency because a blood vessel busted. And so, like, I, they had to call me for work and tell me to come back in, like all this stuff. So Friday, I go to work at the same job that I've been at for over five years and they lay me off. So I call him and I'm like, now I'm balling. It's 10 a.m. I get laid off at 10 a.m. in the morning or Friday morning, payday. <laughs> so. Um, I called him from the parking lot. I hadn't, I couldn't even drive and I was just like balling. And I'm like, guess what happened to me today? He was like, what? And I'm like, they laid me off. And, um, just, so we went through all of that and just crying and trying to figure out what do I do next? Cause I thought I was going to be able to work like doing chemo and all this. My daughter's in her senior year of high school. So I got to pay for prom, you know, graduation, like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so this was in October. So he comes to visit me, and we kind of, like, talk through some stuff as friends, right? So we kind of talk through some stuff, and his birthday um, is in November. And so we, like, went through Thanksgiving together and, like, all of that. And then um, he calls me, like, one morning, like, three or four days later, and he's like, yeah, you know what, babe? Because we're pet names again. He's like, I think God is telling me that I need to move to Texas and take care of you. So I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on, guys. You're real funny. <laughs> I told you I did not want a man. Did I tell you that? <laughs> so he sent, he sent him as my friend. Uh-huh. So um, he sent him as my friend, and he asked me, what did I think about that? And I was like, well, absolutely. What do I have to lose at this point? I need some support, you know, whatever. So he comes, and he literally um, takes care of me a year and a half and then asks me to marry him after chemo, surgery, everything. Walk with me. Through that whole process, wow. and wow. Um, yes, and, and asked me to marry him. But wait, can we his, get
0: some likes for this guy, please? <laughs> I'm not seeing any likes going on the screen right I know. now. Jeez. I know, right? <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> so he um, he takes care of me. He asked me to marry him, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, are you crazy? I'm not letting you go anywhere." <laughs> and um, so, you know, we both came from being divorced. Um, he's older than me; he's 50, and I'm 37. And um, we wanted to do things different. So we went to marriage counseling. And we, actually, we actually went to premarital counseling twice. And mm-hmm. we, um, we refrained from each other. And you know, we just did all the things that would make us invest in each other the proper way. And mm-hmm. uh, we ended up getting married October 3rd. So we'll be married uh, four years this October 3rd. Thank you. Congratulations. And congratulations. Yes, 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 God. Yeah. And so um, we're a blended family of three. And so um, my daughter is 22 and she's here in Texas and um, our our other two kids are in New York and um, they're 28 and 29, girl and boy. Then we also have grandbabies as well. And so we're empty nesters um, and he's still driving. And well, you know, after today, we don't know what the Lord has for us now. Um, But we just, you know, all things work together for the good. So we're not worried about anything, but, um, yeah, he supports me, and I'm very supportive of him. I know he loves to drop and the the trucks and the tankers, and so we just we're, – we're a great match. We really
0: are. So, yeah. Man, I got to – all right, so you you go through all this stuff. I need to know, and, I, and I, I'm i telling you, like, when I rebroadcast this, because you know how I do it. I mean, yeah. I take little gems and put yeah. them out. I need to know, Chocolate, where does the strength come from? Because – People who are listening may not understand mm. how you can go through all this and just be like, "I think it sounded to me like you were more upset about getting laid off than the cancer." <laughs> I was.
1: I needed my coins. <laughs> I was like, "Forget that cancer.
0: These bills still do." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, <clears throat> you know, how? Where's the strength coming from?
1: Um, you know, I. I don't make excuses, Mike. I'm one of these kind of people like, you know, uh, you know, I just, I try to make it happen. And um, I'm I'm one of these kind of people, like if you give me the opportunity, I will work at it. The problem is, is a lot of times no one is giving me opportunity. But if you give me opportunity, I will work at it. And um, I, I just, I don't make excuses. And I just, again, I surround myself with good people. And I feed off people. I'm very extroverted, if you can't tell. And so I yeah, feed yeah. off people. And so that's a lot of times where my strength come from. Yeah, me yeah. Too. I know, I'm we get along a really call well. Later this
0: week, I gotta like, just pump each other up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome.
0: So, yeah. All right, so tell me about this. Um, tell me about what you're doing now.
1: Oh, um. so, excuse me. I had to, you know, get me a drink. A little punch. Yes, I was a little parched. Um, So, yes, so I am the uh, founder of Redeem Women and Redeem Women is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we specifically work with women in um, the community that I actually live in and work in. It's an impoverished neighborhood and um, for those who don't know what that is, look it up because that's what I had to do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And leave a comment
0: so everyone uh, else
1: knows. (laughs) and leave a comment. Uh, But our um, community is, um, it's overlooked and underserved, basically. Um, We have, um, you know, predominantly African-American women, single moms, um, just trying to make it. We have, we're in a food desert as well with food insecurities, not just a food desert, as I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lack of transportation here. There, uh, we're a laundromat desert. Um, there's no Kroger and there's no Starbucks is what I like to say. Um, and it takes a, a strong person to be able to live in this kind of community and uh, see lives being changed every day. But the purpose of Redeemed Women, so I went into um, full-time ministry a few years back working for a couple of organizations and um, my heart was just women. And it was because for me, I was like, I was the person who lacked the resources. I was a girl who grew up where um, no one was telling me where to go get birth control at. I mean, I had a baby at 14. No one told me where to go get birth control at. No one even told me about abstinence, let alone get in my tube side. Or where do I go get education at? Or how do I get healthcare? Or where do I um, do resume writing and learn these things? And so, um, because I lacked a lot of those resources, I knew that living in my community a lot of the people, um, and the, a lot of the women in my community lack those same resources. They lack hope, um, they um, lack someone to, uh, th- that's got out, that's willing to move back in the neighborhood and share the story, that shows up with a hug and a smile every day. People are asking questions, how are you able to do that? And then I get to share with them and I get to walk alongside them um, mm-hmm. that is not in my own strength. And so um, I know all too well about the women in my neighborhood. They've been through exactly the same thing that I've been through. And i like to say what better person that can come down in this neighborhood and transform lives than a person that the women can relate to. They're going to open up to somebody that's walked the walk, that's talk the talk, that look like them, that understands, that has that compassion, extending a little grace, but then not staying there because it's not about staying there. How do we get you out of that? How do we push you past that? And, um, So, you know, that's kind of like what really stood out to me. And then, you know, I I see so many people that focus on like the families, per se, or kids, or the male aspect. But as women, and you're married, Mike, as women, we tend to matriarch everything, right? We manage the husband, the kids, the jobs, home, depression, illness, sickness, and still get it done.
0: My wife's watching right now. I'm sure there's gonna be some (laughs) hearts coming up on that screen quick.
1: (laughs) Yes. And so for me, I was just like, somebody needs to be the voice. Somebody needs to shed the light on the woman who empowers her, who it builds her up, who encourages her to let her know that it's okay when you're frustrated, it's okay. I use the analogy with my girlfriends. Um, I love to sit around the table and just, you know, have, you know, girl time, talk time. And so I use the analogy. I say, um, how many of your girlfriends that you, that you can actually sit across the table from and tell that you're going through depression? or you're contemplating suicide, or, um, you know, you just lost your job, but you feel embarrassed and you don't want to tell anybody. Not many, because oftentimes people judge you. And um, so that was like another heart behind Redeemed Women is we need to be authentic and transparent. And I I don't have the gift of singing. I don't have the gift of playing music. But I do have the gift of being authentic and transparent. And so I capitalize on it.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. Man, that is beautiful. Now, do you, do you ever encounter people, women in general? I mean, you know, I think that sometimes you have people who are comfortable in the chaos. Yeah. And it's really difficult to get them to see the light. You yeah. Know? Do you ever yeah. encounter
1: that? I do. That's generational. You know, a lot of times um, when it's difficult for somebody to, uh, to see the light, it's because um, we, myself, I was so stuck in my problem. And I saw my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother all do the same thing. It was generational. And so I, I, I thought that there was no hope at the end of the tunnel. And so, yeah, I see that all the time. I think that's what we need in our life, though. We need people that can come alongside us and tell us, no, it's different. Mm. So, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Out of all the women that you, I mean, how many, how many are we talking about now? Do you have like a place where you're doing this like a meeting oh,
1: center? I wish. So I'm glad you asked. So yeah, yeah. we, we are in our actually in our capital campaign season right now. We are raising money to purchase a space. So I'm actually in my home, this stuff that you see behind me, this mm. is my house. This is the redeem women's store behind me. And I'm, I use my house for everything right now. My husband, has um, been so gracious to allow God to use me in this area, but to open up a home to strangers every day. I'm talking about literally strangers. I don't know a lot of the women that walk through the doors, um, but um, we have a core team of ladies, 20 ladies, and um, my house is full, and we don't live in a big house. We live in a small, tiny Habitat for Humanity house. Probably, I don't even know, less than 1,500 square feet. It's not big at all. It's ours, it's though. But um, I, I think about when God said, go, God said, go, ye therefore make disciples. He didn't say, go when you get the building, go when you get the nice, you know, space. And so yeah. we're raising uh, money for our space called the well. And if you know the story in the Bible, the women in the the women in the Bible met at the well. That's where they did. Everything. At. And huh. so, um, yes. And so that's why we're calling it the well. And so. We are raising money. For, we're raising $95,000 to purchase our space to expand our programming. Um, and we currently have $45,000. So, people, get on and give. You're like, it's boy, tax deductible. Yes, yes. Oh, so. my
0: gosh. All right, so you already have the property picked out?
1: No. Um, yes and no. So we have a landmark of where the property would be, but not necessarily it picked out yet because, you know, builders and lenders, they want the coins first, and they yeah. want to see that you got your money up front, and so they're really not talking to us until we come to the table and say, this is what we have. So um, so you're going
0: to build the place then? You're not buying no, the
1: place? No, That's we want to buy it. We want to buy it already built, and we'll just okay. use uh, We'll rental and, I mean, okay. our ne- our neighborhood, we got boarded up walls and and, you know, rats and roaches, there her. So we got to do a lot of renovation. Yeah. Um, so that'll include the purchase and renovation. And so, um, yeah. And so right now um, what we're doing is focusing on mentorship, life skills, training, one-on-one. Um, we do a Bible study every Tuesday in my home. It's called Just For Us. Um, literally, I mean, we have sometimes a standing room only. Just this week, it was just amazing. A lady gave her life to Christ. Um, she had been using drugs for a long time, and she cried out and told God she didn't want to smoke the crack pipe anymore. And so it was just amazing just this week. But every week somebody's life is changed, and they're willing to make the next step of, where do I go get um, rehab? You got to uh, look at, we have a lot of women that have um, been through sex trafficking um, and uh, opioid use. Um, that is th- the prescription game. Oh my God, the prescription yeah. pill game. It is so raw. And if you don't know about that, you don't know where to send people. You don't. But see, you know, I grew up with that all my life, so that's why those kind of conversations are not hard for me. And mm-hmm. so, but you got to look at these are people that's walking through our house, our home every week, every day. Yeah. My door, my front door is open, and so. The well is such an important piece that we'll be able to, you know, uh, have partners that will come in and teach some of these things um, that I can't teach. nor do I want to? I want to partner with other people that can come in to help redeem women grow and flourish. But also, you know, we're going to expand our programming to do a work program. So we've got women already that I've been speaking life into submitting to authority. You know, if you go anywhere else, people will cuss you out. These ladies, they'll go off on you. I'm telling you. But yeah. I get to speak that into them right now, what it looks like to submit to authority and how to show up on time and what to wear and how to talk and eye contact and things like that. Things that I like to say we take for granted. You know, yeah. a driver's yeah. license, an ID. Many of the women that come from prison or they come from being on the streets and they have no identification, like none. You yeah. know, and we take them from zero to getting tickets cleared and community service and you know, going to court and showing up on time. And I actually go to court with them. Like, yeah. I don't make them sit by themselves. By so, yeah. I mean, you know, I always like to say, you know, the harvest is principal, but the labor is a few. And clearly God has called me. And I'm just like, I got the energy. I'm doing it.
0: So, how, do people, how do people, like, do you have a website? Do you have a link?
1: I do. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, people can actually go straight to our website, redeemedwomen.org www.redeemedwomen.org. They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Redeemed Women Dallas. And then um, like our page. And then also we're on YouTube. We have uh, several videos on YouTube as well. And so they can um, like those videos, share them with their friends. Um, Up under, specifically up under the donate section, you can, excuse me, you can click on that and it'll tell you what your giving is going towards. So people can know what they're giving to, how they're giving, the difference that it's making in the community. Lives are being changed every day. Um, one of the, I'll share this success story with you. This is um, so amazing. We had um, a lady that has um, two kids, young, dropped out of high school young because she needed to be a parent. And because she was a part of Redeem Women, she went back to school to get her high school diploma after having two kids, school-age kids. So um, that's a big deal when you walk alongside somebody and they go get a high school diploma, you know, Mm. Um, and we're excited about that. And we're now we're taking next steps into, you know, proper identification and employment services and reaching out to our partners that want to hire people um, Mm. that necessarily don't have, you know, the cleanest background or work skills or, you know, things
0: like that. And I love so much of what you're talking about here and so much of what you're doing. I mean, I'm so impressed and so honored to just be having this conversation. I mean, to me, you you are like an example of somebody who has faced, you know, the darkness and has chosen to live in the light and not Mm -hmm. only for yourself, but you want to bring that light that you Mm -hmm. that's shining so bright inside of you to the community which you're very, very familiar with, who's still in the darkness. Yes. Yes. And Somebody got to be the light. <laughs> yeah. And that to me is so, so incredibly moving. So you said it's redeemedwomen.org and redeemedwomendallas on Instagram and Facebook where people can find you. Yes. They're also on YouTube. And I'm sure you have, you know, a variety of links that people can donate to. When that when that money comes in, when that ninety five, you're looking for ninety five k, and you're about halfway there. Yes. What happens when when you get all the money? Oh,
1: so we have our real estate um, agent that is already boots on ground. That's been a partner of Redeem Women for years, and so we have our help, our team behind the scenes that is helping to like, you know, work on property negotiations, like to have that experience. I don't have that experience. So I have to have that team. I have an awesome team. I have an awesome board of directors. I have awesome people that come and they volunteer. They bring a lot of knowledge to the table, Um, lawyers and real estate agents, commercial real estate. So that team will handle that once we say, hey, we got the money now, let's move
0: forward. So, yeah. Okay. And so you're able then to... Once you have the property um, and the well is, like, you know, up and running, like, what's going to take place there?
1: So, um, the first thing is we'll move out of my home everything, right? So, we'll continue to do our Bible studies there. We'll start bringing in partners that will actually teach full-on life skills services. Because before you can get employed anywhere, you have to have life skills before you can get employed. You have to know how to fill out an application. (laughs) You have to know about... um, you know you have to know how to do a resume, so we 'll do a lot of trainings and teachings first i 'm all about this is what I think because we're when God get ready to take to to take redeemed women to the next level i'm i 'm like this, what happens to the people when God get ready to shift and so if you teach me how to fish, not give me the fish, but if you teach me how to fish i 'll know how to do it over and over again, and yeah. which is is what got me to where I am right now because somebody taught me how to fish. And so our goal is to train and teach and educate and even bring awareness to resources that are in this community that people don't necessarily know about. That's like right up the street from them that they don't even know that's there. So to be more so a resource center. And then um, we will move into working with partners to provide employment. So we want to do um, one, we have a band that we call Vanna White and she is now being chaperoned by me, Chocolate. <laughs> Hashtag will of fortune if you know the Vanna White. <laughs> so uh, we will hire a. Be- Let me get in here. <laughs>
0: <this. laughs>
1: so we will hire a van driver to uh, do our transportation needs. Currently, we go to the grocery store um, twice a month, and then we do other service needs. So it may be taking them to job interviews, or it may be taking them to social services, and getting all that stuff set up and getting proper identification. So we'll hire a van driver to do that, which will take me off of doing that. And then also we will work with partners like Southwest Airlines to do a call center. So they would actually, because we want to uh, elite take out the, the transportation barrier and the child care barrier, two of the things that we face in our neighborhood is transportation issues and child care issues. Well, if you're a single mom, you might get the job, but because you have no babysitter or no daycare, you're going to get the job for a little while, I and mean, then you have to quit after two or three days because your baby is sick and you have no way to get there. Well, but if, but if you work right in the community and you have a job and your baby is sick, it'll be, you can get home in five minutes, but you can also get to work in five minutes as well. And yeah. so we're trying to, t- you can't address everything. You have to only do one thing at a time right now. And so we can't address the childcare because I'm allergic to kids, but we, can- <laughs> but we can't address the transportation needs. So that's why we want to be housed right in the community so they can either walk or ride the bus. And so we'll partner with some of our partners at Southwest Airlines, AT&T to do a call center. that would actually come to work with us, use all of our, um, equipment, the phone, the computers and all that, that'll be donated. Cause we've, we already have partnerships for all of this stuff. We just don't have a space. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've built enough relationships to get this. So that, and then um, we also want to pilot a couple more job uh, programs, but we really just don't know what that looks like. Cause a lot of the tops is mindless right now until we have a space for it. So right now what the women are doing is, so say we uh, get a woman, We have like five women right now that are seeking employment. So what we do is we partner with one of our local organizations in the community called City Square. If you haven't heard about them, people should check them out because I love City Square. Um, And they do work training programs, but they also do classes. So after you complete this three or four week class, they place you in a job, in a skill set that that you're able to work in, that you're comfortable with. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're just outsourcing and partnering out because, you know, again, God said go. He didn't say go when you get the building. So, man, yeah. Redeem <laughs> women,
0: man. I love it. I, you know, I have to say, man, I, I'm i just, man, I'm so moved and inspired by you. Thank and you. I'm just so grateful for you to just come on our show and, and you know, and be vulnerable and mm. share share the nitty gritty, like the terrible things that have happened, and how you're coming out on top, and giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. I think that it's eye opening. You know, as we're coming to the end of our show here, um, what do you think it was? Was that like that one, that one choice that just changed everything for you? I know there's been a lot around al- along the road. Yeah, you know. But for, for each one of our guests, I, I, like to, um, I like to know because, again, the I Choose series is about, you know, the choices that we make and taking responsibility for mm. those choices, you know, that no matter what our circumstances are, we're always one choice away from changing our life forever, you know, and, mm. and being, being the lead in our life story, being who we were created to be, not who the world tells us to be. Mm. Um, and that starts with making a decision, mm. you know. And I I know that there's tons of them, but is there one in particular that maybe stands out the most? That's a choice that you made that um you know that changed things.
1: Yeah, I I, I would have to say I chose power, and um power for me was um to not let anybody discourage me, to not yeah. let anybody you know speak those lies in my ear, to um the power to stand up for myself. Um, as, as you can tell, I'm very outspoken. And so I speak my mind. I'm very, um, very vocal, but that takes power to be very vocal and stand up for yourself. And so, um, I had to, I, I, I choose power. That's it. Yeah.
0: Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, chocolate. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Anything else that you wanted to say?
1: No, um, I would just say this for people that are tuning in that's in the DFW area, you know, find out about Redeem Women. This is a local nonprofit that you can that you can come and volunteer with, that you can come get a tour in the neighborhood with. You can pour some financial resources into any amount, but um, come and find out about this local nonprofit doing good in the community. Meet some of the women that we serve. We need help. And so I would absolutely say, and even if you're not in the Dallas Fort Worth area, we actually have friends all over. One of my friends from Colorado tuned in earlier. And so I just would encourage you, tell your friends about us. We have a um um our awesome website, you can share that. We have these really cool shirts. Let me just say this. We have these really cool shirts for sale that are 20 bucks. And then I also wrote a book. You can see my book um behind us. And then I also wrote a book called Anointed. And it's a lot of the things that I talked about. Pick up a copy. I will mail it to you, autograph it for you. And all you do is pay for it on our website. And it's a great read. It's a hard read, it's 100 pages. It'll make you cry, but it's a great read. So find out how you can get anointed for your book club and for your friends. And then just, you know, just love us. That's all. So, yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, Chocolate, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. We really, really appreciate having you. Would you come on again? Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, absolutely. next time I'm in Dallas, I'm looking you up. Yes, I want to, look I me I want up. do some coffee or something.
1: Yes, absolutely. Coffee on me. No, I'm down, man. I'm down.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm definitely coming. All right, yes. thank you, Chocolate. It's a pleasure. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Have a good night.